Hello, I'm Andrew from Unplanned Trek, and I've never listened to Let's Talk About Treks. Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. Welcome, everybody. Howdy. My name is Earl Gray. I am known by the moniker Jack Dorino. Welcome, Jack. Thank you, Earl. We are Let's Talk About Treks. That's the podcast that makes up random little attributes about itself every episode. (laughs) Yes, it certainly does. Are you giving us absolute candor on that? Yes. (laughs) Oh, okay. Today we'll be reviewing Mm -hmm. Star Trek Picard, Season 1, Episode 4, as hinted, absolute candor. As hinted was not part of its name, just to be clear. <laughs> yes. The release date was the 13th of February, 2020. It is the fourth of all 30 episodes of Star Trek Picard. It is the 772nd of all 908 episodes of all of Star Trek. Yes, that is a factual statement. I was very surprised when looking at the writer and director for this episode that they were who they were because I would have thought that I would, not to give spoilers to the end of of, of our episode, but Mm -hmm. I would have thought that my rating would be much higher. If you presented Mm -hmm. me with this episode was written by Michael Chabon and this episode was directed by Jonathan Frakes, I would have expected it to be an easy 10. This is, I was proven wrong in this episode. Ooh, okay. I mean, it's not bad. It's just, well, you know, we'll talk about it along the way. Yeah. I was curious. I mean, we probably, we don't know, but I was just, it it speaked my, piqued my curiosity as to why James Duff was not included as the writer on this episode as well. Did he write this episode? Uh, No, Michael Chabon and Michael Duff or Uh James Duff wrote last episode. Okay. But for some reason, James Duff dropped out of this one. If you'll remember, we recently did an episode with uh, Christopher B. Derrick, who was a writer mm-hmm. on Star Trek Picard's season three and season two. Mm. And in part of the interview, he mentioned that the writing team for the season would get together and make the main whole plot for the season. And mm. then they'd split up the episodes. Oh, okay. So this must have been a choice that Michael Chabon chose to do this episode and then assigned uh, Mr. Duff to work with him on the other episode. Mm. As Chris okay. Derrick described for a little while, it could be that he wasn't confident that James Duff, maybe as a staff writer, would be able to make the episode by himself. Maybe James Duff had a previous obligation? Yes, perhaps that as well. The writing would need to be done? Uh-huh. Absolute Candor takes place on an unknown star date in the year 2399, with flashbacks also taking us back to 2385. Yeah, which is actually where we start in the episode back on Vashti at the Romulan relocation hub. It's mm-hmm. sort of like a fantasy land wilderness place. <laughs> it's like the elves living up in the mountains. When you see the scene of the whole place, mm-hmm. it's basically surrounded by desert, but then it's an yeah. oasis that has mountains and like cliffs enough to c- create a waterfall. 
in yeah. and a whole bunch of lush greenery. So it's really like the elves living on the top of some mountain, maybe Arbalon, with like <laughs> the Elkris in their midst mm -hmm. or something. To me, it was very reminiscent of a uh, a Western, Wild West Colorado town for a Western movie. At least yeah. the actual setting of the town itself. Yes, absolutely. Where the bar was and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, a little different out yeah. there where the Coat Milat were hanging out, I think. Yeah, I mean, they were definitely living up in the trees. Yeah, the Elnor kid was a thief right at the beginning of the episode. He was, yes. Like, he ran by and he stole something off someone's cart and then was like, screw you guys. <laughs> yes, just as a reminder, this is the episode where the crew's journey to uh, Free Cloud takes a detour when Picard orders a stop at the planet Vashti. Indeed. Thank you for that. You're welcome. And the, the Romulan shopkeeper yells, run the sister boy. And I was just wondering, what do you think the et etymology of that is? There's no etymology there. It's what he is. He's he's the boy of the sisters. The Coat yeah. is all female. And yeah. he's the boy that lives among them. And he yeah. wants him to run. <laughs> I don't think yeah. there's really any okay. etymology to determine there. Okay. Although speaking of etymology and the way things come together, I was surprised and pleased, I guess, to see uh, all the Romulan diversity crowding around Picard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought this was uh, very excellent to see see all that. I mean, in TNG, I don't think we've ever seen any any kind of diversity in TNG Romulans or and especially not TOS Romulans. Yeah, Romulans have always been only olive-skinned. But I guess once we started changing Vulcans, yeah. we have to start changing Romulans too because there's only olives. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, I liked in the last episode that we did get a comment from Picard's housemaids saying that, oh yeah, you're a northerner implying that she was a southerner. I can't remember her. Laris and Javon. Yeah, Laris and Javon. That Javon was a northerner. So that just tells us why some of them have a little bit more of a pronounced forehead than others of the Romulans. Yeah, but they, they all ended up gathered here on Vashti when they were relocated presumably from Romulus yeah. or another world that would have been within the blast of the Romulan star. Yeah. So I just want to put yeah. a pin in the idea that they were relocated here <laughs> and thus saving their lives. Uh, but the Mars yeah. attack called uh, Picard away mm -hmm. before, I guess, finishing the final leg of the journey. I wasn't sure if there was an, supposed to be another leg for these people, because they're certainly out of harm's way. I thought that it called him away before he could finish taking people uh. off of Romulus and Remus to some of these other planets and help relocate the, you know, the rest of the refugees. In other words, there's people back at home that probably sure. didn't make it off the yeah. planet in time. Absolutely. Um, I would like to mention once again that I really like the theme for season one of Star Trek Picard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I also like the theme of seasons two and seasons three. I think they all have their own flavor that work for their season. And I think that this one mm -hmm. helps uh -huh. helps me get in the mode of, you know, this novel that they're spreading out before me on TV. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a more relaxed yeah. theme of music. I can't picture the other sets of music in my head yet right now but yeah. yeah this is definitely more relaxed it does help settle me down to realize and settle in on a slower progressing story yeah 
Yeah, that's it's doing its job here. It's 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 yeah. slowing. The theme is theming. <laughs> do you think Rios is reading this book multiple times? I think so. Or do you think that he's actually not reading the book, but he just has the holograms <laughs> watching out for people to come near him and if anybody heads towards him they alert him and then he picks up the book and pretends he's reading <laughs> i can't think of anybody that's ever done that i think that he's actually reading this book he's probably i mean it could be one of his most favorite books but i also had noticed something that i forgot to bring up in the last episode was okay. that Picard and Rios have something in common here because they apparently both like hard copies of their favorite books actual sure. physical paper copies so yes and then uh the doctor la later points out that uh her father apparently also likes hard physical copies of paper books as well yes why are all the emergency hollows that rios has designed to look exactly like him so okay so i'm glad you asked that because there is another thing that gerardi mentions during this whole little scene and that is there is only klingon opera aboard so these are details mm -hmm. that are explained in the novel Rogue Elements by John okay. Jackson Miller. Uh, mm. So I, I'm sure that these elements were chosen, you know, before the book came out, obviously, and before the episode came out, but that they were a coordinated construction so mm, that okay. they could tie into the book because the, all of the Picard books are very much tie-ins to the mm. main story. Okay. So the reason that there is um, only Klingon opera board is because the ship had been previously owned by Klingon. Oh, okay. And the reason that the holograms are all Rios is due to a setting upon purchase of the ship. You purchase the ship, mm. it makes your holograms. You don't make any selections, it chooses you. Mm, okay. I mean, it certainly is a good opportunity for uh, Santiago uh, Cabrera Cabreras. Ca okay, sorry. Yes. Uh -huh. uh, to display a wide array of acting abilities as well. Yeah, it's it's great seeing him do different characters and being completely that character and showing no trace or vestige of the other character. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'd al almost like to get a better acquainted with the flying or shooting hologram that shows up at the end of the episode yes he, he looks like a wreck <laughs> in the previous episode of let's talk about tracks i mentioned the drunken spaniard who is mm. the pilot which differentiated him from the navigator mm. um, I, I actually reversed saying drunken spaniard because i didn't want to give it away before <laughs> someone got to this point uh, oh, but okay. this uh, was is of course a great backdoor pilot and i think that i feel like this was the original intention of this crew was for it to be a backdoor pilot to this crew because uh, i could see having fun with all of these holograms and maybe gerardi and rafi and also elnor aboard the la serena mm -hmm. doing like firefly stuff without being fascists why do you say the fireflies are, are fascists because it's written by the person by whom it's written who oh, okay. has had some issues surrounding that. Oh, okay. I was going to watch Firefly, and then I was—I learned more about the surrounding social stuff around Firefly, and I no longer oh. have any interest. I actually own it, but I've never watched it. Are you saying I should get rid of it? Yeah, I should burn it. Mm 
I can't do that. It's a lot of plastic that just would send more carbon into the atmosphere. What's your other option? Did you do something with it? What do you put it mm, in a landfill? Recycle it, I guess. Okay. It is sure. plastic. <laughs> I, yes. Do they do actual recycling where you are? Because a lot of times they just take the recycling and they bury the recycling because they're like, we can, there's no way we can process all this right now. Like you guys are recycling too much, so we can't do this all this. And then like when people put things in bags like they're not supposed to, and the machines can't mm-hmm. separate them, and they have to get people to separate them, mm-hmm. and they want to pay them like three dollars an hour to separate recycling. Yeah, it's a whole big mess. Mm-hmm. So they just like to bury it in, <laughs> instead of trying well, to deal with it. Well, I take it to a recycling center that you know it's like the public recycling center yeah i do my best and i get it as far as it it will go whether or not they're just taking it and burying it yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. are they near the trash center like the large trash center not really and in okay. fact i refuse mm-hmm. to go to the large trash center that also does recycling because in 2020 they put up all kinds of trump flags and oh okay <laughs> i will never deal with that uh company ever again if i don't okay. have to <laughs> all right they, i mean right in front of their business it's like dude you, you're gonna alienate half of your potential customers why not just put them in front of your little you know mansion wherever that is that's one thing but if you're gonna put them right in front of your business um you're kind of I don't know, shooting yourself in your own foot? I don't know. Okay. Does anybody else hear... When you hear Raffi yeah, say JL... Yes. Mm-hmm. Or any of our, listen, our our wonderful listeners... Anyone else here, I think, is sufficient. You know, <laughs> Grayson knows we're talking to him. Hey, now you're being offensive. Okay, yeah. Hello? Okay. Yeah, so when Raffi says JL, do you think Justice League? No. Or do you have to add the A after the JL in your head? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say no. <laughs> But I'm also going to say that I do recall having that oh. thought in my head at the time when I first watched this. Yes, I do recall that. Yes. Oh, okay. I thought Vashti was weird when they first arrived at it because I saw this green hue around it and I wasn't sure if it was supposed yeah. to be the atmosphere. Yeah. They said that they had like a, an antiquated protection system that I yeah. just figured would be a swarm of satellites, not like a... a entire planetary shield yeah well they said they had a defense net they had a defense net and i picture yeah so uh, yeah a whole bunch of satellites makes a planetary shield okay they set equidistant from one another so that they can generate you know, shoot out beam oh, a beam from okay. this one to that one so that it creates a chain in 3d oh okay but here's my question about the planetary defense shield so sure all right so the co-op Malat moved 250,000 people for picard right like mm-hmm. helped move 250,000 people so i don't yeah. know what they are mad at him about yeah right like yes he was supposed to come back and get elnor and take elnor somewhere more mm-hmm. appropriate you know maybe with some parents or something yeah instead of being with these romulan nuns i don't understand what everybody else was mad about now i do get the idea okay so picard did come in and when he first came in he didn't really notice the sign that said romulans only why they would have a sign that says romulans only when they know they have a defense net is beyond me but mm, okay we'll go with it so then when he comes back and he sees the romulans only sign mm-hmm. this guy does what he always does he grabs the sign and he tears it down just like he's like 
Rolaire and take that damn earring out of your ear. It's the same yeah. thing that he keeps doing that he does to yeah. like everybody and their culture. And like this time, literally stomps on their culture. Yeah, their com- yeah. culture is Romulans only because they don't trust anybody else because look what you did to them. Yeah, the Federation came in. They said, we're going to help you. And then they, you know, just dropped abandoned. them off and abandoned yeah. them. So then, then he, he, go, he takes it further and he goes and he sits in there restaurant like their private establishment has decided this is what they want their rules to be inside their place and they should be allowed to have those rules inside their place and the culture should be allowed to exist the way the culture chooses to exist especially if it's like Uh, you know uh nearly 100% of the people there so if I have a private establishment and I say that I don't want certain people groups in my bar or do you live on Vashti no or do you live in the United States because those are two different places I think I live in the United States well then yes then no you can't no you can no that's you can't do that here in the United States we're not supposed to do that I mean that's where Picard's coming from is you're not supposed to do that <laughs> those are not the rules yeah. of this planet that he's he's, oh, he's in their place okay so if we were in say South Africa in the 80s then it's different that's their place they can do it if they want to is that what you're saying no i'm saying yes the, yes they're wrong in what they're doing but he for him to come in and him to he's doing it the wrong way yeah he should talk to I the leadership he should have some conversations what he's doing is simply disrespectful mm-hmm. that's what i'm saying he's just coming okay. in and doing the opposite of the culture to buck yeah. them he's not doing it in the way that i would expect or like a picard to do He's doing it in the way that, uh, I don't know, a wharf would do. Actually, a wharf wouldn't do that. A wharf would respect their culture. I don't mm. I don't know who would do this. <laughs> a Q. Um, Q would do this. What about a Rosa Parks? No, not really, because Rosa Parks was, like, where she lived. This is where she lived. Mm-hmm. You oh, know, like, this you're, is, you're, this okay. is, like, he went into someone, onto someone else's planet. Yeah. He's not, he's not a freedom fighter. He's just being offensive on someone else's world. Okay. Yeah. He's going to their bar and smoking, even though the sign says no smoking. Yes, that's, yes, that's what I'm saying. Like, what are you doing? This is not, okay. you go to the establishment owner and you say, hey, you know, I really like smoking and I really spend a lot of rest money in this restaurant. And I really think it would be helpful if you carved a little spot where I could go, you know, but he's not doing that. That's what mm. you're supposed to do. That's what a Picard would do. Mm. I'm not sure what he's doing. So uh, maybe that's to show us that he's changed, but I don't know if he's changed <laughs> for the better, if that's the case. Okay. Well, I mean, I was curious, well, one, why do they, so the security system keeps out ships but you can just beam on down well no that we they I actually mean, talked about this this was a yeah. you had you had a a, it, a window opened every 30 minutes and then if you had been approved yeah. you would you would be allowed down so that's that's what that whole thing was eventually they got approval and it let them down so then why is it a big deal that they start to talk about him later Rafi is saying oh they're all over the personal comms about him and they said well of course he's there they just gave yeah him- yeah because i mean everybody didn't approve him just someone approved him mm. but there were some people who once they found out he was there was like no he's not supposed to be here <laughs> <laughs> didn't you see the sign <laughs> so i'm i'm just gonna jump to it because this is the part that i'm not understanding so at the end toward the end when the former senator and picard are having their confrontation Mm-hmm. The senator says something to the effect of, you left us here. Mm-hmm. 
that's why I was thinking that there must be another leg to their journey. Like maybe he was supposed to come mm. back and get everyone and take them to another place. Maybe a more hospitable place. Right, exactly. Oh. However, if that's the case, then do you think, what do you think has more value? A second-hand planetary defense system or a starship? Because it seems to me that they misplaced their funds. If they have the money to buy a planetary defense system, they have the money to buy their own damn ship and move them damn selves, them damn selves. Ooh. Huh. So why are so, they mad at Picard? Like, y'all just wasted your money on some dumb shit. <laughs> y'all got the rims, but then forgot to get the engine. The <laughs> Oh, okay. I was going to make a comment about a fence or a U-Haul, but... Okay. Yeah. Care to entangle that? Sure. I mean, they got their defense system, so you get a fence and put up your okay. fence. Yes. But you want to move off of the Yeah, exactly. They were like, let's move. We need, to, we need to go somewhere else. So they put up a fence instead of renting a U-Haul. I got you. We yeah. made it there. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they should have rented a U-Haul, 100%. I mean, they have a whole board cube at their disposal. They could probably fit their whole planet. I mean, not same Romulans, different factions of Romulans. Like, these these guys are part of the the Romulan, like, Restoration League or whatever. And Uh the other ones are like, they're already, they're like, what are you talking about? We are, we are Romulus. (laughs) What are you, you're trying to bring the culture. We are, we are Romulus. Here, join us. But they just haven't, like, talked for a while because Vashti is so far away. Oh, maybe that's it. Like, they, maybe they're mad because they're so far away. But even still, y'all, maybe Mm y'all should have built a, transmitter instead of a planetary defense they're they're being so romulan maybe being romulan just got in their way you're like damn it we're we're so romulan (laughs) we had to build a defense system instead of a starship why did we build that defense system i don't know we're romulan (laughs) so if they're trying to be secretive though and raffi's upset that everybody's starting to talk about him now why is he there in the middle of town just going up to anybody saying hello (laughs) exactly this is one yeah exactly like he's doing a lot i don't know what his oh i do know what his purpose is here his okay so now it's okay so suddenly it's all clicking together so his purpose was to get elnor's attention he was trying to put himself in a precarious and terrible situation where he might get his head slit open So that Elnor would come around to save him, and then he could say, "No, listen, this is, I really, I just did this to to mm. show you how badly I need you. Yeah, I'll do anything." <laughs> it is definitely a hopeless situation or a uh, yeah no win scenario. Yeah, he is manufactured no one. Scenario? He manufactured one so that Elnor could could jump in and bypasses this little particular oh. Kobayashi Maru. That's interesting. Oh, okay. Okay. It sort of gave me chills when Soji said that she felt seen when she was named or called out as Seb Shenev mm. by Ramda um, because mm. it indicated to me that, yeah, she felt seen because Ramda was correct. Why would she feel like she's correct, though? Because she said she felt seen. Soji said she felt seen when Ramda called her the destroyer. But why would soji feel that she is the destroyer i don't know but that's what she said Mm. clearly both ramda and soji feel that soji is the destroyer at this point 
Okay, then if she's worried about being the destroyer, why is she there? The destroyer of what? Exactly. How How is she to know? How is she to even think that she believes in this? She does think that this person thinks that she is this person. Mm. But it's, it's it just seemed odd to me. That's what I'm saying. Like, yes, agreed. Why would she stay around? Why would she stick around if she knew that she was the destroyer? Why would she not recognize that feeling seen at someone calling her the destroyer means that you are recognizing within yourself that you reflect what they're saying but she doesn't make that connection she says the thing but she doesn't realize its meaning mm. although i mean is it possible that she could be being seen but maybe not under the right light so that they, they come up with the right adjective to see her i i don't know if that made any sense it makes sense but i think it bypasses the idea that what ramda said was you're the destroyer yeah and that's what made her feel seen it is kind of a weird, creepy thing to be called. I mean, I I wouldn't want to be called the, the destroyer. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what? Why? But then to recognize, oh yeah, the hey, that's me. You're talking about me. Like that's a that's a, that seems to me to be an odd feeling. E oh yeah. Sort of like the Soji part of this episode seems a little twisted up to me. Like that might be part yeah. of it as well. Is that you could have done the whole go pick up Elnor thing in a short trek. Uh -huh. You could have left this whole Soji bit out because we I don't really feel like we get much advancement with the Soji mm -hmm. story. It's just more like, yeah. let's just talk about it and talk around it and make innuendos, you know? Yeah, I mean, I I didn't really understand why they kept on cutting back to the artifact. I didn't understand yeah. why they showed us Soji once in a while. Dude, we spent like five minutes with our shoes off sliding down the corridor. <laughs> It's like, I get it, well, you guys yeah. want filler, but come on. And uh, Jonathan Frakes did his best to make that look interesting, but oof, yeah, that's a tall order. I mean, somehow I don't think that's a, a Borg ritual. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm certain that's made up. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I don't think that Borg wears shoes. I also, like, what, why is he wearing earbuds? That's what I couldn't figure out, yeah. Yeah. It, is he like hard of hearing? Does he need I, that? Is he listening ear? to music? <laughs> is he even listening to her talk? He's just listening to whatever. Oh, is this sister his handler? I I have no idea. I don't understand that whole relationship. I don't know if it's his yeah. sister, his lover, his handler, his coworker, his whatever. I don't. I have no idea. I have no. Well, idea. I mean, that's what kind of creeped me out later on. Is why it, it, I I thought at one point she. There was reference to the fact that one of them called, you know, the other. Yes, they referred to brother. one of the other as a sibling. Yes, but they yeah. seem a little like she's climbing on top of him. Like there's this yes, regular sister brother exactly. type stuff. That's what I'm getting at. And they seem like that, a little yeah. like in each other's faces a lot. It's, yeah, I mean, she's sneaking up on him and crawling in bed with him and, and rubbing on, rubbing his cheek all oh, right. seductively. Right. And it's maybe like, this is just a Romulan thing. Maybe that's how Romulans are. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they've got to keep secrecy in the house, so they just keep everything in the family. Yeah, yeah, I guess. It's <laughs> like a whole bunch of uh, British blood in the Romulan <laughs> Empire. The, I feel like I have a memory, a recent memory of perhaps in another Star Trek of an older class Romulan bird of prey attacking someone. I want to say it was in Lower Decks. Oh, but I don't really know. Yeah, it does seem. Or was it in Prodigy? Perhaps I don't know. 
maybe a holodeck thing yeah i don't really remember yeah i have no idea perhaps like that was a, it. a training scene thing yeah but yeah i do remember yeah. seeing this this antique romulan bird of prey in, in another form of star trek recently on on paramount plus you're absolutely right that does ring a bell i'm just not sure which one yeah i'm curious and i'm curious what came first that scene or this scene or whether they came at the same time something tells me they came very they they came out very close to one another i feel like maybe maybe they created the digital model and they needed to find another excuse for spending the money and exactly (laughs) we got this romulan thing let's use this yeah huh yeah so here in the in the fantasy land of, of Vashti, there's a sudden amicability between uh, Elnor and Picard simply because mm-hmm. Picard has forced Elnor's hand. Ooh, yeah. And I don't know why Elnor doesn't see this. Elnor should be like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> Stop <laughs> doing that. I don't want to. You, you, I'm not. I'm not. We're not OK yet. I don't know. Stop yeah. doing things that make me have to save you. To stop. Just give me some yeah. like time or something. Yeah, I mean, although is Elnor still kind of playing the bratty little kid that, that almost part of him has never grown up, that ne- part of him has never let go of this Picard thing? Yeah, I mean, of course, it seems that way. I mean, that's the only, that's really only, if, if he grew up among the Kowat Malat, then really his only male figure would have been Picard. I think because they, they Ooh, keep, it okay. seems like they keep outsiders at bay. You know, well, yeah, I mean, maybe that's why they live where they do amongst the trees and stuff because they aren't a part of the, the town, they're just kind of at the edge of town protecting travelers as they need to. But, uh, yeah, you're yeah. right. Um, although, I, at some point, you would have figured that somebody would say, Hey, you know what? Picard probably got pulled away by something that was beyond his control that he could have never imagined because they did hear the conversation. What do you mean Mars was attacked? So they could probably piece something together. Potentially, but they also, I mean, being Romulans, they might have access to some records that well, display yeah. Picard's, you know, for many years continued uh, ambivalence with the Romulans or animosity mm. toward the Romulans. Uh-huh. And, you know, how he, how he could just potentially not care. And also there could be some, you know, rumor of how Picard treats other cultures you know, like maybe the Bajorans have to give them the word, you know, uh, stuff like that. Maybe the Ferengi have been like, yeah, he's constantly running around here slandering our people. <laughs> or or maybe they've heard that he does these things where he, you know, uses people up and he doesn't seem to care about them. Because from some perspectives, he has been seen to do that, like with Cito Jaxa or with Ro Laren or with that the doctor, Nila, that, the doc, piano playing doctor. That he, you know, was with her for a little while. I'm just thinking about Vosh. Sure. Okay. They they had their adventure, and then she, well, she came back at DS9 just so that they mm-hmm. could have a, a Q adventure on DS9. But yeah, that's his River Song, and then River Song <laughs> went and did like a little spinoff <laughs> show. You know, that's how Ooh. they do. He's yeah, because because he's he's trying to be more like the Doctor, like live a long time oh. and have companions <laughs> that you just throw away after a little while. <laughs> oh. I'm not, oh, does he just do that? This is his new plan. I don't know if you've seen season three of Star Trek Picard, but not to give any spoilers. Oh, I saw season three of Star Trek Picard. I was talking I know, about the doctor. Oh, the do- <laughs> does the doctor like take a companion and then throw them away? Yeah, yeah. like about once I mean, a season. Just, 
Sometimes, die. sometimes once every three seasons. Yeah, recently they've been dying. That's been a, that, <laughs> and they keep reviewing the fact that they keep dying. And I'm hoping that <laughs> the new guy does not, you know, continue killing people. That maybe that was part of the rehab. Maybe yeah. they needed that rehab so they could stop letting these companions die. I mean, I guess Rose didn't die. She just ended up in an alternate universe. Yeah, with a yeah. partially human version of Matt's or. It was David Tennant. Yeah, Stop. interesting that there are three versions, apparently, or there. I guess there's three versions of the Doctor-ish in that <laughs> case. Three. Yeah, the one in the universe with Rose, and then the two you haven't seen. Never mind. Well, I know spoilers. That, I know that David Tennant comes back. I mean, you can't avoid seeing thumbnails on YouTube or wherever. But yeah. So back to the show at hand, though. I mean, so I guess in the end, for some reason that I'm not really clear on during the course of this episode, Elnor decides that, yes, I will bind my cause to your blade simply because it's a hopeless cause. Like maybe it's (laughs) like it's not like a requirement that just because the cause is hopeless, you have to bind to it. Like it just be like, no, it's hopeless and I can't help you. Yeah. (laughs) Like you should be allowed to say that. Yeah, that's true. And and it's absolutely hopeless, even with. Even if I do help you, it's still hopeless. Right, exactly. Nothing that I do is going to make the outcome any better, so... I'm not going to be a thumbtack in the foot of a Godzilla-sized problem. Exactly. So, <laughs> But I think the thing that, of course, Picard loves to play on people's heartstrings, too. So uh-huh. he's like, oh, I, I might I might not pass this way again. Which I think is probably well, something yeah. that he repeated to Elnor, and Elnor was like, well, I guess I'll go. I guess I'll go. <laughs> bind to your sword or blade or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> bind my blade to to your cause. Is Narek doing it with both his sister and Soji? <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's implied that he's. I mean, I think later in this season. Yeah, we'll see. Her, like Spoilers. <laughs> well, I mean. For for a okay three year old okay so um the Shaynor crew and uh-huh. passengers lost their minds oh. so are they not ex Borgs are they people that were on that ship and their ship was actually never assimilated and they just lost their minds for some other reason could they have gone into the expanse without protection the Shaynor y- yeah. You remember the area of space where the Zindi were that the Enterprise had to get like special hull plating or special yes. metal coating their hull to protect yes. them? Curly MD. Gone... Yeah. yeah. Could the Shaynor have gone into that part of space? Okay. What does that have to do with the Borg? Well, they just happened to cross them while they were just wa- wandering home and they said, oh, well, we'll we'll go pick them up and assimilate them. They look like an easy target. They're just floating there. Yes, that's possible. Although then, why why would that have passed it on to the Borg? Yeah, I think that that whatever happened to the Shaynor is tied to whatever happened to the Borg. But mm. still, I don't think that the Shaynor crew was assimilated. Does does Ramda have any any sort of Borg vestiges of Borg implants? Uh, she does. When we're looking oh, at her okay. on the uh, bio bed, yeah, we can kind mm. of see some of those like starburst kind of things that uh, Seven and Nine had on Voyager. Okay, okay. I, I must have missed it. So yeah, so yeah, so definitely whatever happened to the Shaynor is intricately tied to whatever happened to the Borg. I feel like the Shaynor had something still I feel like the Shaynor had something with the, yeah. the Borg assimilated and that, that shut down the cube. Yeah. But also left the 
Shaynor folk half assimilated. Yeah. The the other weird thing is why is the Borg cube like partially destroyed? Was were were the Romulans in the middle of their own wolf? Like a battle with uh, potentially, and then maybe sent the Shaynor in to be their hail mary or something. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, with like a a little more explanation of this this particular battle, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. With the other battle, the the battle with what's his name, Kantar, Kantar. With the, 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 the Romulan, Romulan bird of prey, I don't understand oh. whose side he's on. Is he on the side of the Romulans, or is he a third party entirely? Like, is he trying to raid Vashti, or is he defending oh. Vashti? Oh, the Romulan bird of prey. I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah, I don't really understand I mean, I... what his purpose is here. You see what I'm saying? This episode gets me like, yeah. wait, what? I get a lot yeah. of wait, what's in this episode? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I have an interesting twist for you. Very end, they beam board seven. Yes, after she sliced the wing of the bird of prey off. Yes. Yes. They they kind of both did it together, didn't they? Yes, I wasn't sure, so I went back and watched it several times. And yes, it was seven who actually sliced the wing off. The shot shot from the other ship went elsewhere. They beam her aboard and she says, you owe me a ship, Picard. Yes. Is she talking to John Luke Picard or is she talking to Star Trek Picard? I don't do it now. We're gonna do <laughs> spoilers. Is that what you're oh. gonna do? Okay. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, as you can tell, yes, um, this episode was not my favorite episode of the season. I wouldn't like mm-hmm. say don't watch. Mm, you could skip it if you were watching this season. I think you could probably skip this episode. Well, no, because you have to be introduced to Elnor. Because otherwise, he just yeah. pops up out of nowhere, which is yeah, not necessarily. I mean, I, mean, I he still kind of pops up out of nowhere. I did enjoy the flashback. He he does kind of pop up out of nowhere, even in the flashback. It's like, well, where are his parents? Why why is he without parents? Was he without parents before yeah. the Horbus event? Exactly. Yeah, I would like to know a lot more about his story, and that would make me give a crap about Elnor. Yeah. Potentially the plan, again, potentially the plan was to spin this off into its own show, and then we would have learned those details uh-huh. later. I wonder if it's still possible that they could do that. I, They could. I, I do believe that they could. I, I 100% believe that they, that they could. I have interesting ideas for Rios. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do have a question for you. Oh, okay. So my question is, if you were on a small one-man ship, <laughs> right, and it yeah. had a very pow- powerful laser beam weapon, and you were in a battle with, say, me <laughs> on one ship and like maybe like uh-huh. a Romulan bird of prey as the other ship, and uh-huh. you were helping me out and you sliced the Romulan bird of prey's wing off, but then it c- clipped you and you were about to fall into this Romulan defense shield. Mm-hmm. But... I would beam you off if you gave this rating, this episode, a rating from <laughs> one to ten. Would you have me beam you off, or would you not give me a rating? Uh, oh, hmm. I have a choice this time. What if I abstain? Am I allowed to abstain? Oh, you just blew up. <laughs> so I would I give this episode mean... a seven point four, though. Oh, a 7.4. Yes, a 7.4. I'm going to go right in the middle, probably a 5.5. Not quite right in the middle. Okay. 
I mean, the 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 basic outcome of this of this set of ratings is this is an episode of Star Trek. It's our overall <laughs> review of yeah. this episode. This is this is an episode of Star this, Trek. This is an episode that yes. happened. Watch this it, episode of Star Trek. It is one of the ones that they made. <laughs> it is Star Trek. Yes. yes. <laughs> it, it's not. It, it's not. Uh, um, What's the last episode of TOS that's often quoted as... Oh, it's not These Spock's These are brain. the voyages. It's not Spock's brain. Yes. It's also... It's not Code of Honor. <laughs> that should be their tagline. Star Trek Picard, absolute candor. It's not it's Code of Honor. <laughs> well, that's our show, everybody. Well, no, it's not. We have to it's do... Not? what's What's the next episode? Oh, right. The next step. Oh, I always forget. I seem to be forgetting about that re- recently. The next episode of Star Trek Picard Season 1 will be Stardust City Rag. The La Serena crew begins an unpredictable and lively expedition on Free Cloud to search for Bruce Maddox, where they learn that Maddox has found himself in a precarious situation. A familiar face offers her assistance. Ooh, who's the familiar face going to be? Are you excited? Uh, sure. I mean, I imagine it's probably yeah. something in line. Oh, yeah, I guess. Well, that's not much of a reveal, though. Why would they say a familiar face? Why didn't they just say seven often? Because <laughs> she was... Like they tried, tried to I build mean, some... She was barely at the end of this episode, so they could say... She could just say, hey, yeah, drop me off on on your way to Free Cloud, and I'll be on my way, yeah. and she might not be in the rest of yeah. the series, season, but... Peace, y'all. Good to see you. I mean, Picard does over a ship. Send me my ship. Yeah. yeah. Here's my, here's my zip code. Send me my ship. <laughs> All right. So I believe that is the end of our show today, this week, right now. Yes. The, I think that brings us mm-hmm. to the end. Uh, we think the same thing. <laughs> Great minds think alike, hey? Eh? I don't know what our excuse is, but yes. Oh no. Which of us doesn't have a great mind? Who says that either of us has? Who are we to determine this? <laughs> you know what? I was half thinking that you might bring up a conversation about See, the half words. thinking. How are you gonna how are you gonna have a great mind if you're half thinking? <laughs> I was wondering, I was speculating that you might bring up something about being absolutely candor on, on something. And I was trying to think of a good answer. Being absolutely candor. Yeah. Thank you for titling the episode. <laughs> and I was trying to think of a, of a good response for that. And uh, one thing I like about absolute candor is the fact that uh, you know you don't have to wonder what the cute person at the grocery store thinks of you, or wherever you, you know the bar or whatever the end of the bar or wherever people. Well, I don't think it's compulsory candor. <laughs> I think that's different. I don't think you're required to say hey, the truth. I think it, like you can say nothing if you so choose. I think. <laughs> I don't think people are not required to give you their opinion of you. Just remember that while you're out there on social media, people are not required to give you their opinion of you. Anyway, until next time, yes. stay positive, mm-hmm. dream big, huh? and you'll hear from us again soon. 
support the Maybe continued making of this show through patreon.com that's likely let's talk about treks is a production of anodyne relay supported by the star trek fan community of listeners like you we review the copyrighted works of paramount cbs's star trek team of whom no copyright infringement is intended you can reach us via email at email at let's talk about you can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312 our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at Trekstalkers, and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kakos Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay. Okay. Alright, I'm gonna hit in now. Alright. That was like that was pretty good. Was it? It felt kinda short. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's okay. Right. I didn't have much to say about this episode. Yeah. I don't think you did either. Yep. Alright, thank you for having me. Okay, bye now. Ciao. Okay. Dead silence. Turned off the microphone. Did I hit mute? Nope. I don't nope. know. Did I hit mute? Nope. I'm here. Did I? Oh, I did hit mute by mistake. Oh. Sorry about that. I'm hitting it now though. Oh. All right, cheers. Ciao.